D&D Outdoors is brought to you by the Headline Outdoors. He- head on over to headlineoutdoors.com to watch season one, season two today, and also download Headline Outdoors streaming app on Roku or Fire TV. D&D Outdoors is also brought to you by the Southwestern Outdoorsman. Head on over to www.southwesternoutdoorsman.com and purchase your D&D Outdoors official t-shirt or decal today. And welcome back, everyone, to DND Outdoors. Today on the show, we are kind of happy, guys. We got an update here in Arizona with what's coming up with over the counter tags and some changes down the line. Elk hunting in Michigan and back to our lovely grizzly bears and wild game meats. So we got a, we got a wide variety of a show to talk to with you guys about today. How are you doing today, Dustin? I'm doing pretty good, man. We got a cold front coming in now, so. Ooh, starting to get a little chilly. Yeah, highs today was 50, and I think it's supposed to be down in the 30s tonight. Ooh, yeah, that's a little chilly. We aren't getting that cold yet. I think we're going to be in the 40s this week, which will be nice. In the more early, like the lows at night, in early mornings, which will be nice because my deer hunt starts on Friday, so it'll be nice to have a little bit colder weather for that. Hopefully, find something. Yeah, you. It's a whole lot of deer movement going on with this. It, we're on the verge of a cold front now. I think it's supposed to be like this all week. And it's this morning and then into the day that it's just been a whole lot of deer movement here. Really? Yeah, we. it's been a rough one. You know, I've been out scouting a lot. I mean, the other, other day I hiked about four miles deep into this canyon, got away from where anybody would be at and still haven't seen any deer in. Just talking to people throughout the state, it seems like it's kind of been a weird year for deer this year. But hopefully with the cold and the start of the rut, they'll start playing, coming out to play. I hope so. Yeah. But I did get drawn for Avelina, so that's always a plus. Round three with the pigs. Third time's the charm, I guess. <laughs> At least you hope so. Yeah. Oh, Lord, yeah. This year, I stopped doing muzzleloader. I stopped doing archery. I just put it in for rifle, so... Now, if I can see him, I'm sure I can hit him. I hope. Now we're talking. Yeah, now we're talking. We're, I can cook. And, but, yeah, speaking about, you know, hunting out here in Arizona, um, they're starting to change a lot of our rules as, you know, we talked about in the previous um, shows. You know, in two months, game cameras are going to be illegal here in the state to use for the take of game. Um, on top of that, they're really trying to get away with a lot of our over-the-counter archery hunting, which is really the only over-the-counter method of hunting in Arizona. Um, if you want to hunt deer, elk, big horn sheep, and a javelina, you got to put in for a draw. Um, but there are archery deer opportunities that you can buy over-the-counter. Um, but we're trying to get rid of that, too. Wow. So reason why this is just kind of some speculation and then with some data to back it up but in 2016 the Arizona Game and Fish Department started paying a hunting influencer you know I'm going to leave his name out of it because it's not his fault the dude's just trying to make a living you know right he's been getting paid between $5,000 and $60,000 a year to help promote hunting in Arizona so that includes elk, antelope and most consequentially, 
the most damaging is over-the-counter archery deer hunting. Um, with this guy that test came out here, uh, he has been given access to department members to help him harvest big deer, so like biologists, game and fish, and people that know where the deer are at. Um, this guy's, this person's combined um, social media footprint, so between his Instagram, YouTube channel, Facebook, um, we're looking close to almost 1 million people. So that's a lot of people. That's a whole lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of money. He's getting a lot of people. And since he has gone out and started promoting over-the-counter deer, especially our rut hunts in the wintertime, which, you know, a lot of people want to get that deer slam, which is the Sitka deer, black-tailed deer, white-tailed deer, um, mule deer, and coos deer. You really don't have many options in, to get coos deer. But with that archery tag, people can come here um, and get that over-the-counter tag. Now, since this partnership began, though, we've seen our over-the-counter archery deer opportunities in the state drop by 25%. Um, the number of units that have required a draw for archery deer, which was very limited in the beginning of this, is now doubled. And now non-residents' sales have increased by more than 40% for OTC deer tags. Um, so... It's really, it's really now the Game and Fish has decided to um, really crack down on these tags because they're saying, you know, because of all this increase over-the-counter odds um, that our deer are being harvested at a very high rate, but they don't have the data to prove it, if that makes sense. It doesn't. So because Arizona is a non-reporting state, if you don't fill out your har hunter harvest log, you don't have to report to Game and Fish. Um, they're judging, they get roughly about 25% of people that fill out their hunter survey, which is if they killed an animal, didn't kill an animal. And so with about 25% of people not, or only 25% filling it out, they are overestimating currently the amount of deers that are killed in Arizona. So they, they're they going to do away with archery because they overestimated something. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're getting rid of They're not going to do away with it completely as of right now, but they are going to make a lot more into a um, draw. So how the, I guess I'm listening to some people that have more experience with this system is the game of fish has an algorithm where when people don't report, that they harvested a deer, antelope, elk, whatever you're going to shoot in Arizona, that it will, the algorithm overestimates the amount of animals that have been harvested. But I mean, with the 25% reporting, that is, you know, you can't get an accurate number on that. That makes sense now. Why would you do away with something that's bringing in money for you? They're saying because of this, well, two factors one is you because of this they're saying the deer populations are declining which there's they haven't showed any data that the deer populations are declining and there has been more success in over-the-counter archery hunting two if you think of it you can come here and buy an over-the-counter archery tag you know 
and you know you get your coos deer you might never come back and hunt it you move it to a draw well now you have to pay for let me look it up here real quick please if yeah so that with that you with the draw system you know what to put in for a draw um you have to buy a hunting license just to put in for it or so um so our non-resident hunting license in arizona is 160 dollars so every year someone that wants to put in the state has just spend 160 dollars no matter what um to put in for the draw here so compare that to a um an otc an over-the-counter deer tag in arizona for a non-resident it is Let me see here. It is going to be an archery deer tag is $300. So someone might come here and spend that $300 for that one time at a coos deer, or they can move it to a draw where they're going to spend at least $160 right away just to put in, just to be able to put in for the draw. On top of that, then they'll be going to charge them anywhere for $13 for to put in for the draw once you pay that $160. So after two years of putting in for the draw, game and fish is making more money than if you just came and bought that one fish tag or that one deer tag. See, now you're making sense. They're making more money in the end game there. Yeah, and I lied. It's actually $15 an application for non-residents. So yeah, so within two years, they'll be making more money than just selling one tag. They're looking at the long game. They're looking at the long game, but trying to claim it's for the deer. But as we've talked about in the past, you're getting rid of trail cameras. Start charging us like 10 bucks for a trail camera, 20 bucks for 10 trail cameras a year. We get a tag for it. And then you're going to say, I mean, you got to get more money. You're paying one guy 60,000 bucks. Who knows what else you're going to be? That's only what we know. Who knows how many people they're paying? Yeah. So you have to make it's up just the one guy. Game. Yeah, so they have to make up the money now for what you're paying him to come in, so to come and take animals in Arizona. And there's a reason why in Arizona that you don't really see on, you don't see people always hunting it. You know, I think I've watched some hunting shows and maybe one or two of them I've ever seen in Arizona outside of Headline Outdoors. We're here a lot because I live here. <laughs> but after that, if you think of it, you never really see them hunt in Arizona. Where are they going to West? Colorado, Montana, Wyoming, New Mexico, and Texas. You Kansas, don't come to, Alaska. Can, yeah, well, Kansas, Alaska. But you don't come to Arizona because Arizona is damn hard to hunt. It's not, it's not for people that just want to show up. I mean, I guess it is with all these guides and all this stuff now. But, I mean, everything's going to poke you, bite you, stick you, burn from the sun. And we don't have as many animals or game animal. We don't have as high as population as most other states do. Now, I mean, we get huge animals. Like what top 10 bear in the world comes out, came out of Arizona, world record elk. Like we get big animals, but they're not as common as other places. So by trying to increase these odds, 
and increasing the revenue, it's actually going to do more damage, in my opinion, in the long run than good. But these are all people that have made a career out of telling you what's best for you when it comes to hunting. Well, exactly. And, you know, the Game and Fish Board in Arizona, you don't have to be a hunter to be on it. You can be a rancher. You can be a businessman. You can do it. You don't, they aren't, there's no requirement that makes it you be a hunter. So, like the Game Canner Band was pushed very hard by one of our chairmen that is a cattle man from down south. He doesn't really have much hunting experience, but he didn't want the, the cameras on the cow's water. So it might scare the cows away. His cows? No. He's just part of been a cattle rancher for a long time. So you don't have to have hunting or fishing experience to sit on the board of the game and fish that make these decisions. I mean, I, I, I believe that if you are on a board that you ought to have some kind of educational background or some invested interest in said subject that you're sitting on the board of. You would think that would make sense. But, I mean, if you look at kind of what they do, it is a little bit greater because, you know, you have to manage water, manage birds, manage grass, all the other stuff. But they shouldn't be making these hunting decisions without hearing public input. And what happens in Arizona is the public does have a 30-day commenting period, you know. But when they open up that 30-day comment period, it is the – what they want to pass has already been presented to the board. The board's pretty much already made up their mind. So that's like me telling you, Hey, Dustin, X, Y, and Z is going to happen, but we're going to let people decide if they want it to happen or not. And we're going to act like we're going to listen to them. <laughs> Again, the government knows best. So exactly. <laughs> but that's my rant for the day. <laughs> so, so what- we, what else we got to add then? So, I mean, that's really, that's Arizona for you right there. But, you know, we haven't talked about previously, or we'll stick with Game and Fish, actually. This is, this is kind of a cool little success story with Game and Fish. Um, not here. I guess it's not Game and Fish. It's uh, Department of uh, Natural Resources in Michigan. So, Michigan, back in... Um, Let's see, I think around 1917, uh, elk from Yellowstone started getting established in the Great Lakes and up in Michigan. Um, And the population since then has grown between 900 to 1,500 elk. So, you know, good good amount of elk. And the state of Michigan wants to keep roughly 1,000 elk to keep a healthy balance. They're all found really in one area um, of the state of Michigan. Um, and so they do a draw system for these elk. Okay. Which is pretty cool. Um, so with the, the draw tag in Michigan, just to put in for the elk, how we talked about in Arizona, it's like 160 bucks if you're non-resident and then a $15 application fee. Well, in Michigan, it's five bucks for an application. Uh, and there's only 300 tags available. Well, this year they got 49,000 people to apply for these 300 tags. And they raised over $250,000 off this elk tag. And where does that money go? It goes back into whatever Game and Fish does. So I guess um, 
however they spend their money. Who knows? I mean, I guess as they say, protecting outdoors and fishing, going back into wildlife projects, elk reintroduction and all that, and, you know, all the other stuff. I mean, because years ago when I was a child, it was rumors going around that, you know, when we bought our hunting license, it would go into a separate account, basically from everything else in Richmond. And apparently they were, some of the higher ups were taking said money and taking some trips out there to visit you and get busted for it. So now everything pretty much goes into a community account, but as as of late, I've heard that, yeah, they're starting to do more things outdoor related, like the boat ramps at some of the lakes and stuff like that. They're getting back into doing that again, which yes, do that, please. Yeah, I, I don't – it doesn't say where the money goes. I know, like, in Arizona, our game and fish department's 100% revenue-based. So all their money comes from people putting in for tags, donations they get, and the raffles they do. So I'm assuming that's pretty similar with Michigan, too. But I'm not positive. But – this is a once in a lifetime opportunity in Michigan. And for five bucks, I mean, that's not a bad deal. Five bucks to go maybe shoot an elk. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I put in uh, five or 10 bucks one year to be drawn for an alligator tag in uh, South Carolina. Did you get it? No, no. Which that's another thing. I've never understood how it's a random draw. But the more years that you put in for, you have a better chance. Yeah, so that's that's like Arizona. So we do a random point system. But it's random to a point with the point system. So how it works, in my understanding of the draw, is so you have people with max points. If you have max points, you're guaranteed to be drawn. Um, And then... It kind of works its way down throughout the throughout the different amount of points that people have. But from my understanding, Arizona, I think it's twenty percent of all tags in a unit, and most tags in the unit. Um, for maybe it might be a little different with the limited tags like bighorn sheep and bison. Well, I guess not because I've seen people with one point get drawn for bison. But then from there it becomes a random draw. So it's random. Only parts of the draw is random. But if you have the max amount of points, you're guaranteed a tag. I mean, it's how long does it take to get to a maximum point? So right now for this Arizona, um, the max, let me take a look here real quick. So for right now in Arizona, if you wanted to hunt uh, a bighorn sheep here, let me get the other, let me find the right book here. Where's Arizona at in this book? No, I don't like Nevada, Idaho. Um, let's see here. Does this say Arizona on it? No, oh, don't say Arizona. That might be one. But anyway, so if you wanted to, so let's do it for an example. Let me find a state that has points. Okay, I don't have it. I'm just going to make it up. So, for example, 
in this Arizona, roughly, I believe max points right now for bighorn sheep is 30 points. So someone's been putting in for 30 years. Okay. So that means after 30 years, they're guaranteed to draw. So each year you put in, you get a bonus point. Um, how Arizona breaks it down is um, is um, you get a one if you complete 100 eds, you get one for free. And then every four years you put in for it, you then get another point. So let's see. How is there an unissued permit for bighorn sheep here? I don't know. Interesting. Must be one of those units where they're never at. <laughs> so. So, yeah, roughly, the more points you have, the better chance. So, the more years of putting in for that species, um, the higher points that you can get for it. But so the problem is, like, in Arizona, you want to go hunt a coos deer. Coos deer and mule deer follow fall underneath the same uh, deer category. There's no two different ones. So if you want to go for coos deer, you're going to have to use your points to go get your coos deer. Then you have to start building them back up again for... Um, for um, mule deer and so on and so forth. So yeah, it's it's kind of it's complicated, but it it kind of works. Arizona, you know, they have one of the better better um, draw systems actually in the state. I gotta give them that, or in the country out west to make it um, fair. So. Yeah, max points guarantees your hunt, but you always are guaranteed. You aren't guaranteed, but you're always in the running for a tag at random throughout the process. I mean, I guess it's again they know best. So I... Exactly. Oh Lord, and we will be right back, guys, with a quick word from Cavitch Headlamps. Whether you're packing out an elk late at night or trying to sneak into your deer stand early in the morning in the darkness, definitely want a top-of-the-line headlamp. Well, head on over to Cavage and get your headlamp today. With 300 lumens and 220 degrees of LED light, the K110 headlamp is the best for you. Head on over to Cavage and get your headlamp today. That is at www.kawachusa.com. Said cabbage headlamp is the top headlamp out there in the market. If you're in the market to get a headlamp, go get them today. So a while back, we talked about grizzly bears. You time, Edmund. The lovely grizzly bears that the, all the encounters have been happening in Wyoming. We talked about how, you know, maybe they should open up a hunt for them. Well, this year has been a record year for the state of Wyoming with grizzly bears that have been had to be killed. Um, compared to last year at this time, only 31 bears were having to be killed. This year, they are now at a total of 42 grizzly bears that have been killed because they've been considered aggressive. Um, it goes back to what we kind of said. 
Should there be a grizzly bear hunt? Uh, grizzly bear hunt or people stay away from them. Yeah. Well, I mean, people aren't that smart. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. Yeah. Oh, man. So, I mean, just give a little update on that there. And now we got our top 14 wild game meets. So you want to read these off or do you want to put them in order? Or do we want to read them off and rank them? Uh, I'll, I, I can read them off. I'll go 14 to 1. Uh, I'm not sure if I agree with the list, but I'll, I'll read it and then we can have a little discussion. All righty. Number 14 is rabbit. Number 13 is pheasant. 12 is squirrel. 11 is mule deer. 10 is antelope. 9 is mallard duck. 8 is axis deer. 7 is moose. 6 is elk. 5 is caribou. 4 is bob white quail. Three is mountain sheep. Number two is white-tailed deer. And number one is the wild turkey. Interesting. Interesting list. That's for sure. It is. That's very... Huh. You know, what would you say your number one would be? Uh, I've always heard that axis deer is, is like the best wild game meat i have yet to try it but i've always heard that 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 and then elk would be number two i have had elk and that was pretty good perfect yeah i think my number one would be elk um my number two yeah i've heard the same thing about axis i've never had it as well but i think an axis deer would be my second favorite on the list um do we have to go with this list I, I'm just looking over the list and trying to figure out, you know, how many of them have, have I actually ate? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know you probably haven't ate it, but I mean, mountain lion I've heard is really good. I heard that tastes like pork. Yeah. There's like a really good soft pork. I think I'll do mountain lion. When I get, we'll go off the list. We won't confuse ourselves. There's no bison on the list either. So that wasn't too too happy with the bison I killed. So. You weren't? No. I've never had wild bison. I've only had that fancy stuff that they sell at Costco sometimes. The the bison that I shot, it was like the fat, when you cooked it, would turn into like a, a hard rubber. Oh, I, mean, I, I even put it in a pressure cooker one time, and it's, I was having problems with cutting it. Huh. That's really That was weird. before I got... Before I got into Raptor Razor and all, just to let that be known. Oh, yeah. I made it a lot easier now with the Raptor Razor. That's for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, it was – I mean, you they ground it up into the burger. So you're cooking the burger and all, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I just bit onto somebody's tire. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Add a little challenge to it. 
You know, I think my next one, I'm not going to go Bob White quail because I've never had a Bob White quail, but I'm assuming it's similar to a Gamble's quail, which is a quail that we have out here. So I'm going to go with quail just in general for my third one. What's that taste like in your opinion? Um, it tastes kind of, it doesn't taste too gamey. It, have you had dove? No. Okay. It's like a, it's like a little bit of a, not as tasty as a duck. I've had duck, but, uh, it was just like a little piece of it. We got back from one of the, the game hunts. And I was just cleaning everything up when I was vacuum sealing. I just threw some in a pan just to try it. I would say it's a mix between duck and pheasant off this list. So you have had pheasant? Yes. Yeah, I've been pheasant hunting back in when I lived in Colorado. That's pretty good. Yes. Yeah, pheasant definitely would be my go after the quail. Now, did, did you see the the pictures I posted today? Yes. Oh, yeah. Those are cool pictures. At the the pheasant parmo will be on season three, episode one, the cook for that, that episode. And that should be out in April. In April. So mark your calendars if you haven't had pheasant. I've never had that way. I've just had it like kind of seared. I've, I can't wait to see how you cooked it up. Oh, it, it's it was pretty good. I was a little nervous, but yeah, it, it turned out real good. So what's your fourth and or third and fourth? Oh, uh, I, I squirrel is good. I enjoyed that. The quail, the pheasant, they're they're good. The rabbit is good. Uh caribou I have eaten, but it was in chili, so I really can't say yeah, it was good. No, it wasn't because you, you, yeah. if you put it in chili, you can't really taste it. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I agree with that. That's why people put bear in chili. Uh, elk, I've had a roast, elk roast, and that was good. Uh, I would like to have antelope. I would like to hunt an antelope, but haven't had a chance. Uh, well, you're out there. Mule deer versus whitetail deer. How, how they compared to taste wise well are we having the country club mule deer that eat on the golf courses out here because <laughs> that's good um mule deer is a little tougher i beat in my i've had white-tailed deer i've had coos deer and i've had mule deer i would go mule deer the very last of the deer because okay. it's really tougher you know they they eat the lot tougher plants um so it's not like whitetail that typically, you know, eat, can graze on, um, you know, grasses and trees and all that. I mean, mule deers do do that, but it's just their meat's a lot more tougher. They're more of a bigger build of a deer. So they're closer to like a taste, an elk taste, I would say. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, if I get my mule deer in a week or two, I will... Freeze dry some up and send it out to you. All right, I'll uh, try it. And like I said, you know, we've we've got a couple duck breasts here that I've been trying to figure out some recipes. I'd like to do at least three different recipes with those just to see, you know, you how know, it tastes different ways and all. I had a buddy; he would make 
like he didn't he didn't like hunting so i'll do the hunting he liked to cook so i'd bring in my ducks and stuff and he made a like the orange chicken into a duck and that was so good huh it was yeah it was amazing all right back to the list though uh <laughs> so 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 far for you i have axis elk squirrel quail and pheasant for your five is that correct axis like i hadn't tried it but i've heard that that's like yeah. the top game meat that's right for too. i have to get out to texas and shoot one sometime and then like elk was good i can remember that and then i, I would put white-tailed deer in there and then pheasant and then squirrel okay. all righty and then turkey it, it's it depends on what they they're eating yeah i've never had a wild turkey actually it's going back to what they they're eating on it's it was either my dad or my uncle had shot one one year and it had gotten into some wild onions and that is all that it when you went to skin it that's what this smelled like was onions Ugh. they went to cook it that's what it smelled like was onions and i was like yep not even trying it yeah Ooh, that's wild now during one of the trips to south carolina i popped a pig that apparently had been eating turkey because when i cooked one of the hams it tasted just like turkey. <laughs> oh Lord! Yeah, that's funny. I I'd, I'd taken it and you know was had a little group. We was all eating and all, and it's like here, here's a, a wild boar ham, and they was like, oh, it tastes like turkey. You messing with us? Like, yeah, what's going on here? What's it look like? It looks like ham, doesn't it? It can't be turkey. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord, that sounds interesting. Sounds real interesting. So you don't want to put turkey for number six? Uh, no. No. For my number six, I'm going to go with moose. I've heard moose is really good. I've yet to try it. Yeah, but I haven't either. I think I would really want to try it. I've never heard anything bad about people that eat moose. And think then I'll... for number seven, I'm going to go with white-tailed deer. How you normally cook your deer? I just grill it up. You either make steaks or hamburgers out of it. And then, you know, some of the crappier pizzas of meat um, make jerky out of it. So I didn't get to the point to where I will, your back straps and your tenderloins, I'll keep them whole, vacuum seal them. And then I'll keep a couple of the roasts off the hindquarters. And then the rest of it pretty much gets ground up. We yeah, I'd say majority gets into hamburger or sausage, but I try to keep some stuff a lot for jerky to make because I love making jerky. I'm not a jerky fan, but... Oh, really? oh man. Yeah, I'll have to say some of my jerky, too. I'll turn you into a jerky fan because I used to not like jerky either. I mean, I, I've my dad got me a dehydrator for Christmas one year, and I'm like, I don't even like jerky. He goes, no, that's for me, though. <laughs> you can make me jerky. It's like, how is that a Christmas gift for me? Is that how it always goes? <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Oh, Lord. So where are we at? Seven? So you're at six still. You have axis deer, elk, white-tail, pheasant, squirrel. Let's put rabbit on there. Rabbit. What comes in? What's your numbers? 
go moose. Moose. I'll go moose. Yeah. I never really, I've never heard anything bad about moose. No, I think for my just number, that they're big. Yeah, you pain in the butt to pack <laughs> out. Ugh. Better have a strong back <laughs> or good good friends. <laughs> yeah. I think for my next one, I'm going to go with duck. That's I what that. I was just thinking. Duck. Yeah. Now, have you tried antelope yet? I have not. No. I had neither. I have yet to hear anything bad about it, though. I know some people that have shot antelopes, but I've never heard anything bad about it. What about that mountain sheep? You know, I was thinking that, but I think that's going to be my least favorite. Because of how tough they are and how like muscular they have to be. Yeah, that's true, too. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't think it'll be a very tender, tender meat. I had shot a Corsica ram, and that, it was chewy. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I'm assuming a sheep would be a lot more chewier. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with rabbit next. Okay. Uh, I believe I'll put turkey right there. Turkey. Because if if they've been eating pretty good and all, and you just just a nice turkey breast grilled up for uh, Thanksgiving. Oh man, that's good. Yeah, I think I'm gonna do turkey next too for my number ten. And then for my number 11, I'm going to do, I think I'm going to go with antelopes. I have heard antelopes very good. Yeah, I'll throw antelope out as my next one. Number, your number 10. Ours are like diagonal on this list. Whatever you say, it's either one behind or it's one above me. <laughs> and I think I'm with you on that mountain sheep is going to be 14. Yeah, my mountain sheep is going to be the last one for me too. So what two do I have left? So you have, uh, let's see. So you have one, two, you have three left. You don't, haven't done caribou, uh, mule deer, and caribou, mule deer, and quail. We'll go with quail, and then the caribou, and then the mule deer. All righty. Then for my last ones, I will be doing caribou as well. And... I think we're going to have the same. We're going to do caribou and mule deer to round out the last ones as well. So, well, our lists are actually very similar. Huh. Does that mean we got good taste? I think it does. Either that or we have a unique taste. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will definitely, I'll have our list made out and I will post it throughout the week, sometime this week for everybody to see. And we'd love to get your opinions on it. Yeah, send us your uh, list of 
I, I'm surprised that it, it, I, I know you you have people that that swear by bear and then people that are just turned off by bear. But then, like you said, the mountain lion. I'm surprised that wasn't on there. Uh, Chucker. There's a lot of stuff. Maybe we should do a list of things that didn't make the list on our next episode. I, like top five. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> it. Maybe like game meats and then like fish. Yeah, because it no fish on there either. No. Yeah, I think that's next. Next, we'll do that on next week's show. We'll, we'll do the top our top five of wild fish or game meat that didn't make this list. Add some fun to it. And we would love to hear your top five or top 14 or top 20 as well. Yeah, so we can compare. Yeah. But as always, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to download the Headline Outdoors on Firestick and Roku. Roku TV. And, you know, head on over. You can, we got shirts for available now. We have decals. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram and facebook at d and d outdoors and you know be sure to like download give us five stars do a backflip and thank you guys as always for listening have a great rest of your day and if you're heading to work it will be over soon i promise well i might not promise but it'll be over soon i hope so I'm not going to do that.